The Rosary is one of the Church's most powerful and treasured prayers. It also has one of the richest histories of any Catholic devotion. Join us today as we examine this great prayer with our special guest, Father Don Calloway, a priest with the Marians of the Immaculate Conception and author of the new book, Champions of the Rosary, the History and Heroes of a Spiritual Weapon. I'm Michael Hernan, Vice President of Advancement at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, and you're watching Franciscan University Presents. Stay with us. Welcome to Franciscan University Presents. Today we'll be talking about the Rosary. Uh, I'm Michael Hernan, uh, Vice President of Advancement here at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. And I'll be your host and I'm joined here in our studios by our regular panelist, Dr. Regis Martin, Professor of Systematic Theology, again here at Franciscan, uh, and Dr. Scott Hahn, who holds Father the Father Michael Scanlon Chair in Biblical Theology and the New Evangelization, again, at Franciscan. And we're joined by a very special guest, Father Don Calloway. Uh, you're a priest of the, uh, the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. You're an alum of Franciscan University. You got your philosophy and theology uh, degree here. You went on and you got your uh, Master's of Divinity and Bachelor's in Sacred Theology from the Dominican House of Studies. Uh, so it's good to see an ecumenical flavor <laughs> to your background, uh, as well as your licentiate in Sacred Theology from the International Marian Research Institute in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, you've wrote, written uh, the book that we're going to talk about today, Champions of the Rosary, uh, the, the book that I'm a big fan of, No Turning Back, Your mm -hmm. Conversion Story. I think there's about seven books uh, that you've written, uh, and it, it is a joy to have you with us. And I know you're in Steubenville only a little bit, so we're glad we got you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor, really. It is a blessing to be back here. I love this university and everything it represents, so it's, it's an honor. Well, thank you, and, and I, today we're talking about the Rosary, and instead of jumping uh, too far into St. Dominic and everything right away, let's start with what the Rosary actually is. Uh, the, many know it as a popular devotion, mm. but there's plenty that may not be aware what the Rosary actually is. So what does the Rosary consist of? Yeah, probably the simplest definition I could give you is what some saints have already said, and it is the Rosary is the Bible on beads is what it is basically. <laughs> okay. it's, um, it's the New Testament on a set of uh, ordinary prayer beads okay. and prayer beads have been in use for centuries you know and um, but with this development of this particular devotion it became a way of basically having prayer be portable where you mm. could go anywhere pray at yeah. any time and basically any function you know yeah. whether you're walking or driving whatever it is um, you can use this special form of prayer based in the Word of God coming right out of uh, the New Testament with the uh, Our Father from the lips of our Lord Himself, what mm -hmm. better prayer could mm -hmm. you get? Mm -hmm. And the uh, Hail Mary, which grew over time from uh, the announcement of the angel Gabriel to Our Lady, and then uh, St. Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit, saying, you know, uh, that Mary is f filled with grace and she's, she's, you know, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Blessed are you among women, you know, and, and so you combine those prayers, and that's the essence of yeah. the, the Rosary. Yeah. 
Can you meditate on it? Right. You know, it's, it's not just a, a Bible on beads. It's <laughs> oftentimes a Bible on speed. <laughs> I know people who can get through it yes. in about seven minutes. The rapid fire rosary. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, I, I hope agree. that's as efficacious. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Heaven will probably accept it, but yeah. <laughs> right. I, there's a priest in Ireland, uh, Father Gabriel Hardy. He was a great promoter of the rosary, still living. I think he's almost 100 years old. He reminds people, he said, just like the road sign says on the highway, speed kills. Slow down when you pray the rosary. Don't go so fast. Well, in, in Ireland is where I heard it the fastest. Yeah. So that's good. He, he's right. preaching it well. Yeah. Um, so, so we know it, it's the Our Father, the Ten Hail Marys in a decade. We know the, the glory be. We know there's an evolution. I, you know, right. reading your book, there's an evolution of right. these prayers. How long has the rosary been prayed in the church? What's kind of a little bit of the history, if you will? Yeah, it is a fascinating history. So the way that we've been praying it now, Pretty much for 800 years, it's okay. been prayed in, in this in this form. There's been various additions and adaptations and so forth, but there were actually things that predated the rosary. They were not the rosary itself, but there were forms of praying the Our Fathers on a set of beads called Pater Noster beads, Our Father beads. Okay. But there were no meditations attached to it, no set of mysteries. It was just a devotional form to kind of supplement those who um, weren't able to participate in the liturgy of the hours. They couldn't read Latin, right? So they were able to pray this form as a substitution, yeah. and then it developed. In the 12th century, uh, with the Cistercians and the Carthusians, mm -hmm. who really developed really strong Marian themes uh, from the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. uh, and then bringing that kind of devotion into those beads, and those became known as the Marian Psalter. Yeah. Okay. And then we get St. Dominic in the 13th century, and that's the last 800 years of technically the rosary as we have it. Okay. I, I like that comparison to the Psalter because, of course, there are 150 Psalms yeah. And in the traditional form, you have 50 for three sets of mysteries. Yeah. And so it really was a sort of peasant's breviary. Right. You know, yeah, so okay. the yeah. poor folk who didn't have the divine office nevertheless could unite their hearts and their prayers it, it, is, it is, I think, telling that while it remains a, a school of sanctity for the simple people who can't read, some pretty learned people have been praying the rosary. Yeah. John Paul II, it was his favorite mm. prayer. Yeah. And, and Benedict, Pope Benedict recalls seeing him on his knees, steeped in contemplative prayer. Uh, right. So even for the learned, uh, there, there's a, a, an attraction. And, and mm. that's, that, I think, testifies to the wonderful diversity of, of the family of God. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh, absolutely. And, and so we had some elements of a Marian Psalter a little bit before, or predating kind of St. Dominic to right. some degree, right? Mm -hmm. uh, at least as I see in your book here. Yeah. But um, as St. Dominic came, what was the story? What, what happened there? Because St. Dominic is the, the founder of the Rosary as we see it, um, right. or at least bringing it forward from Our Lady. So what was that story around St. Dominic? Yeah, so in the 13th century, you had a particular heresy called Albigensianism, which was really problematic, and it was causing a lot of problems in Europe, especially in France. And um, it was saying basically that uh, only spiritual things are good, the flesh is bad. Right. So it was denying many of the embodied mysteries of Christianity. So this priest, who was just a Dasa priest at the time, uh, St. Dominic Guzman, uh, was doing his best to combat it, but he wasn't having much success. Then uh, he basically made a retreat, and Our Lady came to him, and she said to him, this is what the tradition says, she said to him, preach my Psalter. And that's important why she said that, because she was referring to what was already in existence, but she was going to give him the mysteries to be associated with it, which would be the same mysteries that the Albigensians were attacking. Wow. So he would take this form of devotion out into the streets, and equip it to become basically a weapon of evangelization and bring back the heretics. And it worked. 
It absolutely worked, and we've been doing the same thing ever since. Yeah, yeah. so he, he was trying to fight the good fight. He was right. out there trying to defend the faith, yeah. uh, but he knew it wasn't sufficient. He right. needed more, and he right. had the spiritual weapons to come. Well, that, that vision that he had from the Blessed Virgin is really inspiring. Mm-hmm. I mean, she pretty much tells him that when my son willed to renew the world, uh, he sort of fertilized it yes. with all of these Hail Marys. Mm. And then she mm. exhorts him, you yeah. preach uh, that right. Psalter right. of Hail Marys. And, and see what I can do. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to read your chronicle of the ebb and the flow, the ups and the downs, because mm-hmm. you would think with that sort of success, it would just go from glory to glory. But I mean, right. with the Black Plague and other things, you know, there really are at moments of history, great recoveries, yeah. retrievals of this Marian Psalter. And sometimes it has a decisive impact. You know, Lepanto comes to mm-hmm. mind, of yes. course, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but many others as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so from very early on, uh, we saw very unique characters of it, but it, but it had this um, ebb and flow, you know? And, and, and how did it kind of evolve, if you will? I mean, again, it, it probably in its essence, it was always the same for the last 800 years, mm-hmm. um, but there were, there were a number of, um, uh, em, not embellishments, but, 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 right. but, but different changes that, that kind of really yeah. made it. And then were even times when it finally became not just the Marian Psalter, but the Rosary, and right. uh, commonly known at least. Um, you know, then you had uh, another Dominican who kind of revived it, uh, mm-hmm. and you had the Black Plague where it was almost in exile, it seemed, yes. right? You know? Yeah. Um, oh, the history of it's amazing. I mean, I, we'd probably have to do about 20 shows to, <laughs> to get it all in I there. hope you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, probably. Uh, or maybe put it in a book, at least. <laughs> it's definitely all in there. Both and. It's probably the thickest book ever written. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what's <laughs> not in there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And yet the endorsements, you've got about as many as there are beads uh, uh, on that rosary. <laughs> right, and right. From some pretty impressive people, uh, mm-hmm. Cardinal Schoenborn, mm-hmm. but he's a Dominican, yeah. right? And right. Father Denoya, yeah. who yeah. practically runs uh, the Holy Office, right. another Dominican, but they, they give you unstinting praise for yeah. the scholarship and, and piety uh, that you display. Yeah, it's funny how I got those too, because I, I, I thought, well, we'll see, the bishops are so busy, and uh, so I, I sent the manuscript to some, I didn't expect any responses back, you know. And then one responded with just such praise, and I said, well, that was easy. So I just started sending out the manuscript, and all of a sudden I started getting it back. I said, uh-oh, now I've got to put these in there. And, um, you know, it does give it a backing, you know, right, yeah, that, sure. uh, you know it's, it's, it's worthy of our attention. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And, and there was a, I think, Regis, you may have alluded to this, but there was a, a I can't remember if it was the, um, uh, which of the, the kind of the saints or blesses in here, but there was a concern about the intellectual, you know, he was a very high intellectual and this was a very devotional prayer. Right. And there was this kind of conflict uh, of oh, sorts, yeah. you know. Well, that's probably Blessed Alan de la Roche. Yes, um, that's right. I love this story. Uh, you know, our Lord, as the tradition says, appeared to him on one occasion to renew the, the rosary. After the Black Plague killed one-third of Europe, like over 25 million people died uh, in the 14th century. And, and of course, people were more worried about survival than, you know, praying the rosary at that time. Mm-hmm. It was a serious, serious time. Our Lord appeared to him and said to him, the world is filled with ravenous wolves, and you unfaithful dog know not how to bark. Wow. <laughs> That's strong words. Yeah. Wow. Why would our Lord say that? Well, remember, <laughs> Blessed Alan de la Roche was a son of St. Dominic, and Dominicans, the Dominicanis, traditionally known as the dogs of God. Yeah. So you're a Dominican, and you've got the, the barking method, the rosary. You're not barking. Right. So he's telling them, bark. 
wow. to promote the yeah. rosary. Wow. Love it. Wow. That's very expressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God had the gift of gab. Yeah, our Lord, you know, to Saul on the road to Damascus, does it hurt to kick against the goads? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like a little sacred sarcasm, you know. <laughs> God's good with those things. Like, I, I yeah. was struck by one comment from Frank Duff, uh, mm. he's, he, yeah. who's a, a servant of God, uh, yes. I, I think, who founded the Legion of Mary. But he claims that uh, every saint since the 13th yeah. century uh, had recourse to the rosary. It was sort of an habitual uh, form yeah. of, of devotion. Yeah, I, I, I probably say that he's right. Yeah, that's convicting. It is convicting, yeah. And, and also, you know, he didn't say this, but probably he would, um, probably every pope as well, you know, yeah. since that time right, has, has prayed it. So if you want to grow in virtue, you know, it's a good means. <laughs> so so we've, we've set a pretty good stage that, that throughout history, this has been rested on, on, on ups and downs, the heresies mm -hmm. and the reformations and the, yeah. the black plagues and the, yeah. in, into modern day. You know, you, yeah. you have a lot of great uh, people, both holy, the Pope as well as uh, popes, as well as uh, laymen who have yeah. really done this. What about you personally? Uh, what's, what's your story with the rosary? <laughs> I definitely have one. And I, I mentioned it in, in the introduction to the book. And that's part of the reason I wrote the book, because um, you know I'm a convert to Catholicism, and when I was becoming Catholic, I I met you know these little warriors of truth, these little Filipino women, yeah. who you know in, in parishes across the world are praying the Rosary every day, and and um, I learned it from them as I was going mm. through my conversion process and becoming Catholic, and ever since then, I mean I go everywhere with my Rosary, I pray it every day. And um, I thought, you know, we need a book today like St. Louis de Montfort's masterpiece, The Secret of the Rosary. Mm -hmm. We need something like that, but updated with all the many things that have happened since then. That yeah. was written three centuries ago. And so I thought, well, I better do it before somebody attempts it and does it poorly. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's do it. So it took me three years, and I poured my heart into that. And thanksgiving to Our Lady for what the Rosary has done for me. Mm -hmm. And I think about as we're in the 100th uh, year of the apparitions in Fatima, mm -hmm. and uh, just the importance of... of our Lady and her apparitions, she's coming to us, she's pleading with us, she's always calling us, pray, pray, pray. Well, also 800 years uh, since uh, it right. was invented right. yeah, exactly. right. by yeah. Our Lady and That's given exactly. to Dominic. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it always seems it's around the uh, marriage and family, these issues. And oh, was yeah. it uh, Father Peyton who said, the family who prays together is the family right. that stays together. Yeah. Right. No, I, I think yeah. intellectuals, though, especially need it. Speak to that. If it's the peasant's bravery, you know, I would say that intellectuals are the ones who suffer from spiritual poverty mm, yeah. more than most. It's mm. the occupational hazard, the besetting sin. And I find that intellectuals who pray the rosary, I, I, this has been my favorite prayer mm. for more than 30 years since becoming Catholic and even two or three years before I became a Catholic. Mm. It was the single biggest obstacle, not just Marian doctrine, but Marian devotion. And what my grandmother used to pray that I found so off-putting, <laughs> she would hardly talk about much. You know, she was quiet, devout, a uh, beautiful soul, but I mean, superstitious, a Catholic, <laughs> but she didn't go anywhere without that rosary. And when she died, they gave it to me and I broke them like chains that I thought bound her in superstition. And then she had the last laugh, you know? Mm -hmm. But I, I really believe that academics, intellectuals, theologians, I mean, uh, Ratzinger, Pope yeah, Benedict yeah. himself made it a point that he prays this every day. And yeah. as an academic, he admitted some difficulties too mm -hmm. at times, you know, mm -hmm. but nothing makes the gospel come alive, right, you know, right. and the episodes as well. Nothing reminds us, proud peacocks, that we're little infants, right. we're children in her arms, yeah. you know, and I, and I think it really supernaturalizes the otherwise natural process 
that can become easily naturalistic, you know. And it, it just, uh, I, I have found this to be the testimony of many of my colleagues. It's a silent testimony. It isn't something that we want to advertise, you know, but it's something we want to do and encourage others to do. Absolutely. Well, Scott, that's pretty astonishing. I've, I've known you maybe 25 years. I had no idea you had a grandmother who was a Catholic yeah. who probably had a greater impact on mm. your conversion than all those blooming books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me, there's a backstory, and I know you're right, right as rain. I mean, yes. She's <laughs> smiling uh, from yeah. a higher vantage point. Indeed. That is right, true. That right. is true. Stay with us for the next segment of Franciscan University Presents. When I pray the rosary, I like to meditate on how Mary would have reacted during each mystery in her sorrow, her joy, and her awe. Men need to stop worrying about looking masculine when praying the rosary because it really is a masculine thing. I get together with 15 or 20 other men every week and we pray the rosary together. And it really is a, a masculine thing because we come together as brothers and Mary's maternity gathers us together as brothers and there's really nothing more manly than brotherhood. St. Louis de Montfort tells us that Marian devotion is the safest, shortest, and easiest way to heaven. So I pray the rosary to grow in Marian virtue and devotion that she may draw me closer to her son, Jesus. Welcome back to Franciscan University Presents. We've been talking about uh, champions of the rosary, uh, the history and heroes of a spiritual weapon with Father Don Calloway, author. Um, Father Don, this has been a good uh, foundation for us. Um, and as the, the title, the champions of the rosary. What does it take to be a champion? A champion of the rosary. I mean, is this, they have to go to mortal combat, uh, right? Um, and I love the, the cover with the, the, the sword and shields and the crown. But what does it take to be a champion of the rosary? How would you define that in, uh, from the book? Yeah, it, it, not much really. Um, Pope Benedict XVI during his uh, pontificate, he said that to be an apostle of the rosary, basically first you have to be one who loves the rosary. Okay. So you have to pray the rosary. Sure. But then there's other means that you can champion it. And that would be just to let others know about it. Invite people to pray the rosary with you or give them books about the rosary. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's very simple, anyone can become a champion of the rosary. And there have been many champions throughout history who have not written books about it. Sure. But you know, think about all those ladies in church every day praying the rosary for their grandchildren and children. They're champions of the rosary. Yeah, yeah. I think of my mom who taught me the rosary. You know, right. that's, that, that's the woman I think of. <laughs> but when, when we, we started earlier um, uh, talking about St. Dominic, mm. and he'd probably be the first champion mm. uh, of the rosary as you laid out in the book. What are some other champions and, and, and how do they contribute to the rosary and the spiritual life of the church then? Yeah, in the book specifically, I focus on 26 okay. um, that are kind of the, the major players. So after St. Dominic, you get uh, Blessed Alan de la Roche, who renewed it when it had kind of fallen away. But then you get like St. Louis de Montfort, you know, a third order Dominican, who really is probably one of the greatest known for promoting the rosary. Then you get others that are less known, that are incredible, like um, St. Anthony Mary Claret, yeah, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah, an unbelievable guy. Our Lady <laughs> appeared to him, and he writes this in his autobiography. Our Lady appeared to him on several occasions and said to him that you will be the new St. Dominic for these times. Yeah. So when he was made the bishop in Cuba, 
He mandated that all of his priests had to pray the rosary with the faithful on Sundays and solemnities in the church. Mm. And he would sneak in the back and make sure they were doing it. If they weren't, <laughs> he would walk right up front and do it himself. So, I mean, that's, that's, in, you know, wow. that's all. We could use a few of those today. Right? <laughs> you you know? skip Pope Pius V. Oh, right, yeah, of course, <laughs> right. A, a Dominican Pope, that's the right. greatest that's ever. Right. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, we'd probably all be Muslim today, as a matter of fact, you know, I mean, right. because of the rosary in Lepanto and the Holy League, he basically saved Christianity and Western civilization. Tell the story of Lepanto. I think that's a great story. Oh, it's an incredible story. So many young people don't yeah. know that story. Yeah. I know. So in, in the 16th century, when Christianity had already become divided, unfortunately, because of the Protestant revolt, the rebellion, um, you know, the, the radical Muslims took advantage of that division right. and sought to conquer Rome. Yes. And um, so they were amassing this huge military militia, naval fleet. Well, the Pope didn't sit around and wait for him to come to St. Peter's. He formed a Holy League and asked all of Christendom to pray the rosary. He was a Dominican Pope. Yeah. And uh, so this great battle in 1571, the Battle of Lepanto, it's a, a bay near Greece, uh, with a, an unskilled army, and m much of Christendom didn't even respond right. because they weren't interested in defending, you know, uh, yeah. Catholicism in particular. But the ones who did went off and they did battle with the Muslims. And outnumbered. Outnumbered, outnumbered yeah. outgunned. <laughs> on, on every, I mean, yeah. you had farmers yeah. coming right. from like, right. you know, Venice and, and other places that didn't really know much about these kind of things. But with the prayer of the rosary, um, won this battle in, in miraculous victory. ways. Yeah. yeah, in 1571. And that really turned the tide. And, yep. and from that, we got the Feast of the Rosary. It would develop in its name, Our Lady of Victory, then become Our Lady of the Rosary. And Rosary Sunday, which unfortunately is no longer in existence. But when you read the book, you'll find out about that one yeah. unbelievable day that we used to celebrate. Right. Um, so there's a lot of history there. There's some marvelous details about that. Don Juan of, of yes. Austria, uh, he uh, forbids uh, blasphemy yes. on the boats uh, and they fast for three days. Everybody gets uh, a rosary. Yeah. Uh, Miguel uh, Cervantes, who wrote Don Quixote, right. uh, he was a uh, part of that fleet That's and right. I think was severely wounded, but, was, but, yeah. but evidently survived yeah. uh, and went on to write Don Quixote. Right. Uh, and it was a quixotic sort of enterprise <laughs> to take on the Muslim and to win yep. and to liberate all of those captives mm -hmm. as well. I, I think it's very interesting that you have many women that I know, my mother among mm -hmm. them, who pray the rosary, who you see praying the rosary. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, as I read this and I think back, uh, it was many, I mean, it was obviously many men who received yeah. this, uh, a prayer to a mother, to a queen mother. Right, um, right. And it's very connected to military battles and right. even that this is the weapon of war. I, yeah. mean, I think it's right. very interesting that, that yeah. we, we see this a uh, very interesting time where men are being called to get to their knees uh, right. when there's battles all around them. I yep. just think it's very, uh, it reminds us today where we need to be as men particularly. I, I agree, I couldn't agree more because a lot of people think that the rosary is just for little old ladies and when somebody dies at a funeral. But they need to be reminded the rosary was first given to a man, yeah. to St. Dominic. Right. And you know, before the Battle of Lepanto, there was a, the great siege of Malta yeah. in 1565, six years before Lepanto. This one is special to me, I, I love this. Well, the Muslims had 40,000, you know, soldiers and sailors. They were going to attack Malta, strategic way to get to Rome. Mm -hmm. The Catholics on that island had 6,000. That's it. 6,000 against 40,000. The leader of the Knights of Malta went to a uh, blacksmith and said, make me a sword and put on the blade the rosary. <laughs> and they, they held off 40,000 Muslims. As a matter of fact, 30,000 Muslims were gone after that battle. Wow. So, and that sword is still in existence today at the Church of Our Lady of Damascus in the city of Burgu. You can go to the museum, that same sword is still oh, wow. there today. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is powerful. Well, so is Islam uh, still with us, and yeah. I think we need to revive the rosary as a weapon. Mm -hmm. Would you say there's any generation uh, that has produced more champions of the rosary than another? Is there something that stands out? Obviously, we've had many throughout the years, but right. is there any time frame that you think had a plethora uh, of champions? Yeah, for sure. I, I would say probably beginning with the apparitions to Our Lady of Lords, mm -hmm. so in the mid-19th century, up until the present, so okay. it's a big space of time, but sure. 150 years, we're talking about a pope, Pope Leo XIII, during that time who wrote 11 encyclicals on the rosary. Wow. I mean, that's right. unbelievable. Yeah. Right? What else was he doing? It was <laughs> writing encyclicals. Right. And then you have uh, a former satanic priest who, you know, becomes an apostle of the rosary, blessed Bartolo Longo. Yeah. It's an amazing story. And, and that was uh, Our Lady of, uh, is it po not Pompeii? Our Lady of the Rosary of Pompeii. Pompeii. It is, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's just unbelievable. And then, of course, you get uh, apparition after apparition, the approved ones in the 20th century, you know, Our Lady of Fatima, mm. talking about the rosary, right. Our Lady of Bano, Burang, and they just keep coming, you know, all throughout the 20th century, culminating really in the pontificate of John Paul II, right. who gives us a new set of mysteries in 2002, says the rosary is his favorite prayer just two weeks into his pontificate. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, this is the time of the rosary, really. He was a witness to that in mm -hmm. so many ways. You know, uh, there are saints and then there are hidden saints, and most saints are hidden saints. There are champions and then there are hidden champions. Yeah. And I think of so many people, like you mentioned, the Filipino Catholic <laughs> women, you know, who leave books in the back or whatever. You know, I remember the, the secret of the rosary was left in the back of a parish that I was visiting, and it changed my life, and it changed, I'm sure, many others as well. But I really, you know, Padre Pio just stands oh, yeah, out in yeah, my mind yeah, because, yeah. you know, getting the stigmata in 1918 and then not dying until 1960, mm. 50 years yeah. bleeding in those bleeding hands, holding the rosary, right. praying probably millions and millions of Hail Marys <laughs> and saving millions of and, souls. And I mean, I our he, Lord using him in a way. He insisted throughout that never would she turn him down. Right. Whatever yeah. he needed, yeah. uh, he would get through uh, devotion to that uh, prayer. Oh, absolutely. And he called it a weapon. He a weapon. He referred to it as a weapon. Yeah. Right. Get me my the weapon. A weapon for our times, right. you yeah. know. And mm -hmm. the 20th century, in a certain way, your book shows me, is sort of like, you know, more is happening in that one century than all of the previous centuries, <laughs> and yet it really is the culmination of all the previous centuries. Yeah. And it spills over into our time maybe more, much more. Right, right. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. think about St. Maximilian Kolbe, right? right? And he referred to the, the rosary as the sword for the, the Knights of the Immaculata, you know, the militia. And then you've got uh, Father Patrick Payton. Right. And nobody in the history of the church has got more people to gather to pray the rosary than, than this holy priest who's a servant of God. Millions he would gather in the streets. Right. Yeah. That's, even in San Francisco in 1961, <laughs> he got half a million right. people right. Uh -huh. to pray the rosary. That's unbelievable. But you're right, uh, John Paul really took it to the next level. I remember yeah. with a convert zeal trying to get my family to pray a rosary every night with maternal moderation. Kimberly <laughs> would say, you know, an after dinner decade until the year of the rosary was called by John Paul. Is that right? And yeah. then she wow. said, let's just try it. And and, I mean, all of our kids, yeah. you know, two of them are going to be, in, you know, one's in seminary, the other one's hoping to enter this fall, you know, and the, the, the family rosary, yes. like so yeah. many other, you know, homes, yeah, we just experienced such an island of... Well, what, what a sunburst on his part to give us the luminous mysteries yes. as yes. a way of combating the salient uh, uh, shortcomings of yes. the age, to stress the importance of, of baptism, the, the, the essential need to convert, mm -hmm. the sanctity of marriage, yes. the centrality yes. of the Eucharist. Right. The yeah. divinity of Christ. I mean, these are the characteristic errors it is of beautiful. our time. And it, it really shows that, you know, when, when Our Lady gave the initial mysteries to St. Dominic, they combated the errors of that time. Right. Yeah. Well, at that, at that time, nobody was questioning 
you know, who can marry who? You know, and back in the 13th right. century, it was obvious it was a man and a woman. Well, today, it, you know, everything's confused. Yeah. So we get these luminous mysteries, which I love to say that all that St. John Paul II did was resharpen the ancient blade of the rosary and give us a modern-day mm. lightsaber, you know, <laughs> luminous <laughs> mysteries to combat these dark times that we live yeah. in. Yeah. And another fascinating thing about that is um, St. John Paul II actually really is technically not the inventor of the luminous mysteries per se. They existed before even Vatican II, and a, and a particular holy priest from Malta, mm -hmm. interestingly enough, named St. George Preca. Oh, and, I see. Yeah, and so it, he was beatified in 2001, and almost the whole world missed it. Mm -hmm. he was, by John Paul II. By John Paul II. It beatified him, the real inventor of the Luminous Mysteries. And then he gave us the Luminous Mysteries in 2002, St. John Paul II, and then Pope Benedict XVI canonized St. George Preca. I, I think see. it was in 2005, I think, yeah. something like that, or six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, did he footnote this guy, or was it just... <laughs> He, he put his trademark. He referred to him because that's how I found out about it too. Yeah, but when it was unknown to, to the popular. Right, right, right. It really yeah, was. Right. Yeah. I, we went out of our way in Malta to. <laughs> well, to you track know what? I, I think John Paul II does that with uh, with Faustina and other things. He takes people right, that might not be that might be hidden from the world and drawn out. Right. Well, uh, in Dives Misericordia, right, his second encyclical, he never mentions like the Divine Mercy devotion per se, but it's very obvious that he's referring to Saint Faustina. Yes. Same thing in Rosarium Virginis Maria. In 2002, you know, St. George Preca is in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we've talked a lot about some of the, um, uh, the, the, the leaders of the church that, that, that were championing the rosary. What about some of the lay members uh, that were out there uh, championing the rosary? Oh, there have been tons. Um, probably the one, the, the one that I really highlight in my book is um, Frank Duff. Yeah, yeah. Just incredible. I mean, what he did with the I was so impressed Mary, in reading one. He's incredible. Oh. Uh, he's incredible. I want to see that man canonized. He, um, you know, a, a nobody from Ireland at the yeah. time, and he founds the Legion of Mary, which became, you know, um, even to the, the, the uh, Mao Zedong, called the Legion of Mary public enemy number one. <laughs> Which I was surprised. I, was, I didn't know that. Because during the 1940s and 50s, there was hardly a parish globally that did not have a Legion of Mary associated with it. That's how powerful the Legion of Mary was. And the rosary was at the center. They had to, every week in their meetings, pray the rosary you know, as a way of promoting Christianity. That is so beautiful. Well, it's great to see that there are both uh, lay and clerics alike mm -hmm. who, are, who are out there championing the rosary, they bringing both. it in both in modern and throughout history. Mm -hmm. Why do you think, in a very short answer maybe to a very big question, why is it all now? You know, we, we see this explosion uh, of the rosary uh, mm -hmm. in this 20th century. Uh, right. what, what, what do you think is, is at work in that, behind that? Well, I think we've seen, we've really got an apex, we've, we've got a spiritual battle going on, you know, mm. right now. It's always been going on, of course. But I think it's important to remember that, uh, you know, we're dealing with a fallen angel, mm. uh, a serpent, you know, as described in, in the New Testament, in, in, in the scriptures. Nobody slays a dragon without a sword, yeah. okay? Yeah. And we've got a seven-headed hydra you know, with all these vices that wants to devour us and our families and what's good, true, and beautiful, unless we have this weapon, what are we gonna be able to do? These, this, is, this enshrines the sacred mysteries of the God-man. With this weapon, we can slay dragons, demons. Mm. And so in these dark times, we need to have it in our hands again. Yeah, yeah. so there's more challenges, more threats. Oh yes, yeah. everything's yeah. threatened today. You know, it's yeah. no coincidence that Pope Leo XIII, who gives us 11 encyclicals of the rosary, also gives us the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. Yeah. Right. yeah, that's what I think, the connection. Right. And then you look at why, right, he was the one who had the, the prayer because he, he's you heard that conversation. You can see the next century you know? was, yeah. That's right, yeah. that's yeah. right. I mean, Chesterton has a great line. He says, uh, the age is converted most by 
by the saint who contradicts it uh, mm -hmm. most clearly. Mm -hmm. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, mm -hmm. for example, holy poverty in the midst of plenty and affluence, yeah. profligacy, and the simplicity of, of Mary uh, against uh, the sophistication of an age symbolized by the depraved Madonna uh, yeah. and her vile music. Right. I mean, and, and people yeah. put down the rosary because it's just for simple souls who can't read. And then you have a guy like Pope John Paul II who not only can read, but can read eight or 10 <laughs> languages, yeah. including Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Yeah. And it, it, it belies the prejudice of the age. I'm gonna hold you there. Stay with us for the next segment. Oftentimes, seeing myself at the side of Mary, wherever she is, in that mystery of the rosary has really helped me meditate upon just the life of Jesus Christ um, and the way that the Lord has worked in, in salvation history just through those moments. When I pray the rosary and I come to the decade of Jesus carrying his cross, I think of the pain that he must have endured carrying the cross on his shoulder. And I think of my own pain that I endure every day when I carry my own crosses. And I realize it's nothing compared to what he endured, but it's helpful and comforting to know that he carries his cross and suffers willingly with us. People recognize Franciscan University as being academically excellent and passionately Catholic. We have the unique opportunity through our faculty members, through our students, to proclaim that academic excellence by reaching out in many different ways. We also remain passionately Catholic in the way in which we are able to worship, the way in which we are able to bring that love of Christ to others on a daily basis. It's important for us to be able to embrace both. Welcome back to Franciscan University Presents. This entire program springs forth from the very heart of our campus at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. Um, our camera and our equipment are being operated by our students. We're here in the, uh, the communication arts studio here on campus at the university. Our regular panelists, our theology professors here at the university, and actually our special guest is an alum, uh, as well as myself, uh, of Franciscan University. Um, uh, Father, so as we talk about the rosary, let's go deeper in today. You know, we, we talked about the, the, the outpouring of grace, the, both in Marian apparitions and explosion of the rosary mm -hmm. as a spiritual weapon. Um, let's look at today at some people and, and some of the stories. I, I just love yeah. hearing the stories about those who really are champions today uh, of the yeah. rosary. Yeah, there, there have been a tremendous number, and uh, many of them I mentioned in my book, but um, some of them not well known. Yeah. You've got the Servant of God, Father Joseph Kentenek, who founded the Schoenstatt Movement. Yes. And they even started a rosary campaign that started in South America, and now it's worldwide. Mm. You've got uh, Blessed James Alberione, the founder of the Pauline family, who was, he never went anywhere without praying a rosary. Mm. Yeah, just amazing. <laughs> like hidden, he's forgotten. Right, exactly. These, these and then you've got, of course, the Venerable Fulton Sheen who uh, even kind of invented his own f kind of rosary, the World Mission Rosary. Sometimes you see these rosary with a different color for every decade. Mm. He designed that to pray for a geographical region of the planet with each decade. Oh. Wow. Really, really brilliant, wow. you know, to do that. And then, of course, you've got, um, you've got like St. Uh, pope John the Twenty-Third, actually, who was a great promoter of the rosary. Blessed Paul the Sixth, the pope, who was a great lover of the rosary. And then John Paul II, of course, right? right? I mean, that's, right. A, that's a given, Benedict right. XVI. Even our current Holy Father prays the Rosary. Right. 
Um, but there's one story, if I had to mention it, it's, it's an incredible story from just our time, just two years ago, well, three years ago now, okay. in Nigeria. A bishop had a vision, and he documents this, he talks about this. Our Lord appeared to him mm. with a sword in his hand. Our Lord had a sword in his hand. Wow. And uh, our Lord was gesturing for the bishop to take the sword. So the bishop went to touch it. When he did, it was just mystically transformed into a rosary. Oh, and Jesus said to his bishop, Boko Haram is gone. Boko Haram is gone. He said it three times. Well, that bishop took that to heart and began a rosary campaign in his area in Nigeria, where Boko Haram, this radical Islamic group, is doing horrible things. Yes. And that was just three years ago. Well, the bishop now gives testimony that uh, Boko Haram is almost entirely eliminated, and even the president of Nigeria, just a few months ago, went on uh, the air and said that due to this bishop and what he's been doing, Boko Haram is almost entirely eliminated. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, again, <laughs> Our Lady's sword is yeah. the weapon. It's the spiritual weapon for our times. Yeah. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you, you look at these different examples that you've given, these hidden, uh, some of them we know, but we forget, mm -hmm. oh, they, they were really champions of the rosary. Their, mm -hmm. their spiritual powerhouse, if you will, mm -hmm. has been the prayer of, of the rosary. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, it's certainly a lot cheaper than uh, the current weapons uh, systems. Reality <laughs> <laughs> expense. Uh, right. I mean, what right. does it cost to mass produce uh, rosaries? Yes, right. yes, yes. But you've got to get people to pray it. Yeah, that's it. But, you know, St. Louis de Montfort points out how God prefers to do more with less, you know, and yeah. goes on to say specifically that Satan suffers his greatest defeat always through the instrumentality of the Blessed Virgin. Mm -hmm. Because to be defeated by the Almighty, I mean, what creature can withstand God? Yeah. But to be defeated by this lowly, humble virgin, you know, yeah. it really is not only the sign of divine success, but also a reminder to us that only if we humble ourselves will He exalt us. Yeah. And in my experience, very few things humble me, mm -hmm. like praying the rosary at least once a day, and sometimes yeah. two or three times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is a powerful tool whenever you face yeah. seemingly insurmountable problems. Mm -hmm. God does more with our less. Amen, mm -hmm. amen. Absolutely. Well, I, I wanna go to the challenges maybe that some experience in, in getting sure. the daily rosary or trying to pray that in your family life. Is there anything from the wisdom of the church, the history, the stories that you found uh, that might speak to some of us who might struggle uh, getting our rosary, praying our rosary, if you will? Absolutely, and I, I have to be honest, I, I think we all struggle with okay. that. I mean, yeah, we absolutely. don't have angelic intellects. We can't focus on one thing for 20 minutes with no distractions. You're, you're gonna be thinking about what's for dinner, or did I respond to that email? You know, yes. it happens. Um, even St. Louis de Montfort, you know, three centuries ago, talked about in his masterpiece, The Secret of the Rosary, distractions are gonna come. That's right. You know, but you just right. persevere. You, you get your mind back to the mission. Um, even great saints like St. Therese of Lisieux, right? The little flower. Yeah, powerful uh, doctor of the church. Yeah, <laughs> she said that she really struggled to pray the rosary. Yeah. But she said she knew that Our Lady is her mother and that she'll take all the sweet kisses she can take. You know, even right. if they're from a, a child, what does they do? They give butterfly kisses. They're not concentrated. They're just all over the place. Yeah. Well, that's right. oftentimes us when we pray the rosary. But I think that if we persevere, and you know, you can even use little um, pictures. You know, many there's little pamphlets where you can mm -hmm. gaze at a mystery, seeing that mystery, our Lord crowned with thorns, or whatever the mystery be, it can get you a little more focused. You know, yes. it's helpful, things like that. But the key is to persevere. We're yeah. all going to get distracted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got to just work through the distractions. Mm -hmm. And and one one thing that commends it is, 
the tactile quality yes. of it. Yeah. I mean, you hold it yeah. in your hands. Yeah. It's embodied prayer. And right. it reminds me of, of the story of, of Hilaire Belloc. Maybe, maybe you've heard this before. He was accosted by some irate constituent and he needed her vote to get returned to parliament. And she suspected that he was a papist. And he said, yes, madam, I am. And I pray these beads every day on my knee and if that disqualifies me, then I pray to God that he spare me the indignity of having to represent you in Parliament. <laughs> but I'm not gonna give up these beads. Right, right, yeah, right. That's, that's wonderful. But the idea that you pray them, even when you have difficulty doing so. Yeah. You know, I remember when we were first interviewing here at Franciscan University, my wife and I came, and she was an RCIA, but there were no strings attached. I wasn't sure, in fact, I didn't expect her to come into the church, which she did end up doing that, the coming, uh, Easter Vigil, but when we were interviewing with Father Michael Scanlon, uh, our dearly beloved departed uh, spiritual father, um, it was really interesting because after the professional part of the interview, it got personal, mm -hmm. and after it got personal with me, he really shifted to her, and you know, and then she just kind of shared the fact that she struggles with the Blessed Virgin Mary and devotion like the Rosary. He said, "So do I," <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "Okay, go on," and he did. He just. He shared, even as a priest, I struggle with praying the rosary. You know, I, I went for a period without praying it, and then I've come back to it, mm -hmm. and Our Lady has kind of revived it. But he said, for quite some time, I struggled. And he said, I still sometimes struggle with distractions. Mm -hmm. And years later, Kimberly identified that as the breakthrough. That is the moment where it's like, if Father Michael Scanlon, the president of Franciscan University, not only struggles, but can admit it, then I can struggle and I can admit, <laughs> you know. Right. And so, you know, you don't see graces coming, you know, but uh, that was a very, very special one. And he also shared how he had been arrested, you know, with pro-life demonstrators, many of whom were evangelical Protestants, and they were in jail up in Youngstown. And not only did they pray the rosary, but they taught the Protestants how to pray it. <laughs> yes. and, and they explained the inner logic of God's love that's contained in the rosary. I just remember that too. I remember those experiences of praying the rosary with Lutherans and with uh, other Protestants. And it was just a beautiful, you're, you're praying for life. You're praying against an evil culture of death. And, and there you are, united in Quoting prayer. scripture yeah. again and yeah. again and right. again. That's yeah. where we draw our, our faith and our unity right. from. Yeah. That's great power. Yeah. And there is, there's something very powerful about families, you know, families mm -hmm. praying that rosary together because it, it could be an individual prayer that you're praying on your own, but there's uh -huh. also just a beautiful communal yeah. nature. Right. And if right. you could speak to the kind of the, 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 the way that we could pray more in common yeah. and the power of that, mm -hmm. whether it be in the family or in, in, a, in a kind of a community setting. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right there because St. Louis de Montfort, once again, he said that Satan finds it easy to break a stick, you know, and St. Louis de Montfort says, that's what it's like when one person prays the rosary. Mm. It's strong, but uh -huh. he said, when you get multiple people praying it, it becomes, you know, all these sticks together, it becomes this really strong thing yeah. that Satan cannot get at. And, yeah. and the church in her wisdom knows that. That's why we have these associations of prayer associated with the rosary. That's why, you know, religious communities normally, you know, have it as part of their constitutions to pray the rosary. But not a lot of people know that um, you can get a plenary indulgence yeah. every day if you pray a rosary, for example, in a church, in an oratory, or even as a family. Yeah. You can get a plenary indulgence. I mean, what a blessing that is, not only to yourself, because you can apply it to yourself, or to deceased relatives or loved ones in purgatory. What is it, just explain a plenary indulgence real briefly. So basically what that means is that your, your complete 
remission of sin, what, what you would do time in purgatory for, so to speak, yeah. <laughs> is gone, you know. So it, it's, it's, it's not magic, of course. It's yeah. a father's love working through the treasure house of the church to give these paternal gifts to his children. And, and this is one great one that we can get on a you daily basis. You want a great basis. gift of mercy. Right. Yeah. Pray the family rosary. What a blessing. You know, it's a mother's love too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mothers that's right, are that's more right, indulgent. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and if the family is the domestic church, why shouldn't it be the setting uh, for, right. for grace and occasion yeah, for more grace? The Marian multiplier, I, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's really something important. exponential about right. groups praying it, but it yes. doesn't discourage us from praying it alone. Of course. Yeah. And I, I want to say one thing too, because I have an admission, you know, I I have prayed the rosary with singular grace of contemplation, you know, maybe once a decade. And I'm not talking about <laughs> ten. You know, I'm talking about ten, you know. Is it that often? <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I'm exaggerating. But I mean I find that if God is doing more with less, yeah. that isn't just Our Lady, that isn't just the Rosary, it's also my less. Mm-hmm. And so I'll often say, okay, if this is the, you know, the peasant's bravery, I am the peasant. And mm-hmm. you know, I am especially impoverished spiritually, intellectually, when I'm going through this with all kinds of headaches and distractions mm-hmm. and stuff. But I do find from time to time, our Lord shows that when we just pray it with perseverance and with humility and distraction and admit, I mean, this isn't even, you know, a penny. I'm just giving to you my distracted, my, you know, I, I'm barely present. I, I Once, you know, every 10 beats, I'll, I'll really try to think I'm talking to you, blessed <laughs> Father, you know, that's how distracted I am. I just feel like our Lord says, oh yeah, you know, I'll take that, <laughs> right? We'll take that. it right you know? And, and, and it, it is, it, it, you know, like in, in a similar way, sometimes I'm in adoration and I feel like I am distracted or, or sleepy, mm-hmm. but I know just by being in the presence mm-hmm. of our Lord that it's that chemotherapy healing mm-hmm. me, you know, mm-hmm. and just praying the rosary sometimes sleepy for me at right, least, right. but it's still, I'm in the presence of our Lord. It's the, yeah. it's the tactile nature of it, it's meditating right. and it's the petitions, it's the everything, yep. it's just bringing well, You know, uh, Jose Maria Escriva has a wonderful oh. insight, which mm-hmm. I find really consoling. Mm-hmm. Blessed monotony. Yes, yes, yes that's, right. that's right, that's right. They sort yeah. of match and purify the blessed, yeah. well, the unblessed monotony of your sins. Right, yeah, right. yeah he, he was a great champion of the rosary also. You know, you have, he, he yeah. wrote a book on the rosary. It's a small book, but he wrote it in one day. You know, and yeah. it's, it's out there available for people. But he, I call him Online the p- pilgrimage. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he, I call him the pilgrimage, uh, the pilgrim of the rosary, because everywhere he went, he turned his journey into a pilgrimage. Because that's what you do when you pray the mm-hmm. rosary. You're making a pilgrimage yeah. to the holy sites and places associated with the life of our blessed Lord. Yeah. Your mind, your mentally and spiritually in your heart, going to those places in the Holy Land. It's, yeah. You become a pilgrim when you pray the rosary. This is actually a custom in the work. You know, I was a cooperator before I became a Catholic and I had a friend who became my sponsor mm-hmm. who took me on a May pilgrimage mm-hmm. to a, a local Marian shrine. I'm like, what are we, we're going to pray the entire rosary. Mm-hmm. It's the month of May. It's the month of Mary. And then the next year and the next year. And now I invite family members and friends and others do too. And it, it really is something that St. Jose Maria does, did and still does mm-hmm. as a champion of the rosary. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good and, example. And, and, and you know, we may even just, I know you, you talk about this on a number of occasions in the book, but just the, the idea that we call it a rosary. 
Mm. That's offering roses, offering yeah. a flower to our mother, to our right. dear Say mother. It with rosaries. You know, yes. and it's just right. this is so beautiful that this is, is our little, our little bits. Yeah. You know, that is offering up. And um, I don't remember who said it, but the, 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 that Our Lady takes all these together yeah. and she makes yeah. them presentable to to uh, to God in a way that we could never do. Right. And that's just the beauty of this. It's just simple. Whether you're you're a high intellectual and mighty person or you're a lowly peasant, this is your <laughs> prayer. And right. it's a beauty that the church has given us that. Our Lord and Our Lady have uh, bestowed this special weapon uh, yeah. for us at this time. And I tell people sometimes, you know, I say, let's just break it down in, in an analogy. You know, I'm not God, I'm not the Messiah, but I'm a son and I have a mother. Well, on occasion, when people meet my mother, they compliment her, but they tell me, they say, oh, Father, your mother is so nice. What a, it's right. so great to have her on this pilgrimage. You know what, Father, we, we bought a little gift for your mom. Do you mind? Right. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to yeah. say, oh, that offends me. How dare you buy a gift from my mother? Yeah. Uh, well, think about it with Jesus and his mother. Yeah. So if we come up to him and say, Lord, we've got all these roses that we want to give to your mother. Is that okay? Right. We, can we sing a song for your mom? He's not going to be offended. He's, <laughs> he's going to move him. Yeah. He's going to be like, really? Oh, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Please do, you know? Yeah. And I often tell people that, you know, if I had the power on my pilgrimages, for example, people who give gifts to my mother, I want to say to them, you know what, you come to the front of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about Jesus and his mother. If we right. pour gifts on his mother, our mother as well, spiritually, he's going to give us special graces. Amen, right. amen, yeah. amen. And, and who would love his mother more than himself? So we right. can't outdo him in how much That's he loves right. her. That's right. Great. Uh, stay with us for the final segment of Franciscan University Presents. In Father Don's book, he talks about the rosary as a weapon, and that can sometimes be conceived as a violent image, but Mary offers the rosary to us as a source of comfort, as protection against evil and against Satan. John Paul II said of the rosary that the rosary is the daily meeting which neither I nor the Blessed Mother neglect. And that quote just completely changed my perspective on the rosary because it went from being an obligation to being um, this beautiful daily meeting with our Blessed Mother uh, who just waits for us as her children to ask for her intercession. Well, you know, it's been said that one should be a reservoir of grace rather than a channel. And so a reservoir fills itself up with water and then spills over into the surrounding area. Uh, so with the rosary, we immerse ourselves in the mystery of Christ and we immerse ourselves in His grace, and then that naturally spills over into everyone that we encounter. Welcome to the final segment of Franciscan University Presents, where we've been talking to Father Don Calloway about the rosary. Uh, Regis, could you start us off? Yeah, just a, a couple of uh, addenda to sort of extend the discussion that we had in that last segment. Uh, you were talking about this theme of pilgrimage, mm. uh, and the rosary becomes a portable pilgrimage, I mean, particularly for people who don't have enough money uh, to go to Jerusalem or maybe have a sense of safety uh, about leaving Pittsburgh. Uh, the rosary is perfect. And it reminds me of Ignatius of, of uh, Loyola, uh, who perfected this technique called the composition of place. You just make a mental picture of the scene and you place yourself there and there's Jesus. And that's exactly what the rosary does. It invites you uh, to see Jesus uh, in concrete terms, uh, time, space, uh, vicariously. You're right there with the Blessed Mother and you can see him as Mary uh, saw him. You know, through her countenance, the whole life of her son uh, floods your mind. Uh, 
and, and gives you all kinds of inspiration. The other uh, uh, thought I had uh, had to do with the disproportion uh, that Mary provides. Mm. I mean, here's a, a woman, mm. a, a virgin, a mother. She's not much. Mm. She doesn't have a lot of throw weight <laughs> uh, in the world. And yet, through her, she's able to uh, disarm the devil and vanquish evil. I mean, that's wonderfully disproportionate. And another Ignatius, Ignatius of Antioch, speaks of those three secrets mm. that were wrought in the silence of of heaven, crying out to be told, which completely confounded the devil, her virginity, the birth of Jesus, and his death on the cross. And all of those mysteries, uh, those shattering revelations, are disclosed in the prayer of the rosary. Mm. And by saying it, you are literally returning to those scenes, which represent the source of salvation. Mm. That's wonderful. Mm. 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 Yes. Thank you, Regis. Scott? First, I want to begin by thanking you for this book. <laughs> this is a classic. I mean, it really seems too recent to be one, but it's going to become one, and it's going to do a whole lot of supernatural good. Um, the second thing I'd like to do is to underscore, again, not just reading the books, but praying the rosary. Mm -hmm. Personally, I can remember the first day I prayed my first rosary, December 31st, 1983. I didn't become a Catholic until 86, but I just gave to her what seemed to be an impossible problem for me as a male. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I, you know, as an evangelical Protestant, I've struggled with this, and so I gave it to her. You're a virgin mother, you ought to be concerned. And boy, oh boy, did she give me grace the likes of which all of my other prayers had never really acquired. And, mm. and so when I realized, I just made the resolution to pray it every day, mm. and at least once. But I, I can also say, as a professor, as an intellectual, you know, I've already emphasized how important it is for making the Gospels come alive. But I, I can't tell the story, I've shared it with Mike. I owe my doctorate to the Blessed Virgin in general, but I mean specifically to the rosary prayed one dark night in January in the bitter cold where it was the end of the rope. I was at the, at the end of my rope and she just brought something to me. I'm so like, I didn't see it coming. Nobody did. And uh, my supervisor later shared with me when I told him I owe this doctorate to the rosary, our lady of the rosary, he's like, I do too. I owe mine. You know, <laughs> like I get it. You know, but I would say men in general. I mean, just husbands and fathers who struggle in this culture with with impurity, go to her. Go to her again and again and again. But I would also say mothers. Mm. You know, mothers who have children who have strayed. And what mother doesn't have that these days? Go to her. Go with the rosary and pray. You know, and just allow the the tears to meet the beads and just discover later on or. Sooner or later, the, the supernatural grace that is released to retrieve souls from hell and to bring them home mm. to heaven. I just, I, when mothers unite their heart to the mother of God through the rosary, you know, we're going to see in eternity what difference that mm -hmm. makes. Amen. Amen. Mm. Father Don. Yeah, you know, it's funny is uh, I, I hope I don't embarrass you on, on the show here with the viewers, but I remember when I was a student at Franciscan University, and I remember I was up late one night and we had recently bought one of our new houses, which is close to your home. And I remember I, it was probably about midnight, and I looked outside and I saw you walking down the street praying a rosary. Uh, you probably you don't remember that because I didn't call you out your name or anything. But I remember this is a guy who's you know got a doctorate, or maybe maybe you're struggling through your doctorate yeah. at that point. Maybe that's that was the time <laughs> and other things too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was just so inspired by that, and and I think that you're right. When we see men doing it, it, it for other men. 
it's a sign of, uh, yeah, maybe I should be doing that more. Or look at, look at this midnight, it's cold out, and here's my professor walking down the street praying a rosary. Just incredible. And I think that for myself, you know, my own conversion and my ongoing conversion, for me, the rosary definitely is therapeutic. You know, it, it really, it, it, it helps me to put things into my mind, into my heart that are sacred, that are holy. And it really, I find it healing. Mm. You know, if you can take that 20 minutes a day, whether it's on your commute to work or whether it's you're walking the dog or whatever it is, to do that, it really does focus and you, you start to live an intentional life. Yeah. You're thinking about the mysteries of Christ and what He's done for us and it really blesses your entire day. Certain blessings and saints even refer to the rosary as their, quote, evening communion, meaning, you know, they attend morning mass and they really get our Lord body, blood, soul, and divinity in, in, in holy communion. But in the evening, you know, praying the rosary brings them back to Christ. He's present again, you know, not in that sacramental way, but nonetheless truly there in the, in the mysteries of the rosary. And I definitely want to encourage uh, men, women, to pray it and to pray it together as spouses. Powerful stuff. St. John Paul II uh, in his letter in 2002 said, when spouses pray the rosary together, they can look each other in the eye. That's mm. amazing because you're, you're basically exposing yourself and saying, honey, I, I, you know, I'm sorry for maybe something I said today. And when you pray that, there's nothing, as Sister Lucia Dos Santos from Fatima says, nothing that cannot be overcome with the power of the rosary. So I want to encourage families to pray it, spouses to pray it. I even want to encourage my brother priests mm. to pray it. Mm. You know, St. Louis de Montfort, when he wrote The Secret of the Rosary, his main intention for writing it was to his brother priests. Because wow. uh, a lot of them were you know, saying, ah, it's not significant, it's of no importance. He said, no, that's not the case. And I think we need to be, be reminded of that again today, you mm. know, especially my brother priests as well, that we need this on every realm of the church, from the highest to the lowest, uh, from the Pope to the pews, everybody, yeah. we need the rosary. <laughs> amen, yeah. amen. Well, Father Don, thank you both for this book and this great program. If you've enjoyed today's program, we have a handout for you from Father Don, The Rosary, The Spiritual Sword of Mary. Uh, you can get it at faithandreason.com or just for, uh, for calling us. Um, the rosary is given to us for a time of, of, of challenge, uh, both in our personal lives and in our world today. Um, we are at war, and we need to recognize that when we enter our battle, we need to, we're not battling against flesh and blood, uh, but, but principalities and powers, the spiritual forces at work. And uh, we need to remind ourselves each morning, I, I, I pick up my rosary, and that's what I think each time as I kiss the cross. You know, we're entering into a battle, and am I armed uh, for battle today? Um, when I think about marriage and family life, as been said already, we need families, we need couples praying this, we need mothers teaching their children, fathers teaching them and joining together in prayer. This is what our world needs today. Our, our Lady will be victorious if only we yield ourselves and humble ourselves before her and let her win uh, the battle for us. Um, I want to invite you to be a part of Franciscan University's mission to educate, to evangelize, and send forth joyful disciples. First, I want to ask for your prayers. What we're about is a, is a work of God, and I need your prayers. But maybe you could join us uh, at one of our dynamic summer conferences or on one of our pilgrimages around the world to holy shrines. Maybe you can come and get your education here um, at Franciscan University or through our online program. Uh, or go to faithandreason.com to be equipped and, and sent forth in a powerful way to be agents of the new evangelization. And Father Don, could you close us with your blessing? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless all who are viewing this program. 
We thank you for the great gift of the rosary, this Bible on a set of beads, this portable prayer that changes lives. We ask through the intercession of Our Lady of the Rosary and Saint Dominic this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. To download the free handout on today's topic, go to faithandreason.com. Email your request for the handout to presents at franciscan.edu. At faithandreason.com, you can also purchase past episodes of Franciscan University Presents, or request today's free handout and purchase past programs by calling 888-333-0381. That's 888-333-0381. Or call 740-283-6357.